Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Loud Outdoors. On the mic with you in the office, it's Tuesday. We're rocking right along on this week. And we have um, had a lot of things going on. It's just my mind's running 90 miles an hour in a lot of different directions. Uh, God's been pouring a lot of things in. A message I want to share with you today, this is kind of fresh off the cuff. Um, a friend of mine, Pastor Jeremy McDaniel, I'd met him uh, earlier this year at a waterfowl hunt uh, that I got blessed with. And great guys, pastoring a church over near Salem Springs, um, Arkansas, Oklahoma line in there. And uh, I, I want to share with you some thoughts because he, he wrote some stuff recently. It was just like a post on Facebook. But it's it's like it got stuck in the mud between my ears and I can't stop thinking about it. So I'm going to have to just talk about it. So uh, I haven't even talked to Jer- Pastor Jeremy about sharing this, but I, I know he'll appreciate this. Uh, and I'm going to intermingle some things. I've <clears throat> excuse me, I've added some scripture into this. I, I, I want to pull out what God has poured into me from what he wrote. But he wrote this. He, he, this was his opener. I've seen some are confused about sin. Now, I think a lot of us in the spiritual realm could probably – very well recognize this theme of thought here. There seems to be a lot of people who are confused about sin. They're also confused about truth. Obviously, if you're confused about sin, you're probably being deceived, so you probably are being confused about truth as well. And they're being confused about unrighteousness. What does it mean to be righteous? Righteous simply means a right-standing So if we're talking about a righteous life in Christ, we are to have a right standing with Christ. Now, there's a lot of things that weigh in to righteousness. There's a lot of things that weigh into unrighteousness. Uh, You could could probably put a whiteboard up and list several things that come to mind when you think of righteousness. You could probably list several things that come to mind with unrighteousness. But there's some confusion about that muddied up line in there. It's kind of like when I talk about holiness. God says that we're to be holy because he is holy. But if I were to ask you, what is your definition of holiness? I would probably get an array of answers. Well, that's what we want to talk about tonight. Because confusion about sin, confusion about truth, and confusion about righteousness, there is actually a standard. And we can certainly clear that up. And that's what Pastor Jeremy wants to, it's what he says is, let's clear things up a bit. The truth is that scripture remains when nothing else does. The scripture stays put. It doesn't matter your thoughts, my thoughts, the pastor's thoughts, some teacher's thoughts, some TV, internet pastor, prophet, whatever they want to call themselves. The truth is that scripture remains when nothing else does. First Peter chapter one, and I've, I've added some scripture, but first Peter chapter one, verse three through nine, and then verses 13 through 25. First Peter chapter one, verse three starts this way. Blessed, grateful, praised, and adored be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, to an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, born anew into an inheritance which is imperishable, beyond the reach of change, and undefiled and unfading, reserved in heaven for you, 
who are being protected and shielded by the power of God through your faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. Verse 6 says, In this, rejoice greatly, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested and purified by fire, may be found to be the result in your praise and glory and honor in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not even see him now, you believe and trust in him, and you greatly rejoice and delight with inexpressible and glorious joy, receiving as the result the outcome, the consummation of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Verse 13 in 1 Peter jumps to this, says, So prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Live as obedient children of God. Do not be conformed to the evil desires which governed you in your ignorance before you knew the requirements and the transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. Verse 15 says, But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage, because it is written, You shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy. If you address as Father the one who impatiently judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in reverent fear of him and with profound respect for him throughout the time of your stay here on earth. Verse 18 says, For you know that you were not redeemed for your useless, spiritually unproductive way of life inherited by tradition from your forefathers with perishable things like silver and gold. But you were actually purchased with precious blood, like that of a sacrificial lamb, unblemished and spotless, the priceless blood of Christ, for he was foreordained, foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared publicly in these last times for your sake. And through him you believe confidently in God, the Heavenly Father, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are centered and rest in God. Verse 22 says, Since by your obedience to the truth you have purified yourself for a sincere love of the believers. See that you love one another from the heart, always unselfishly seeking the best for one another. For you have been born again, that is, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. Not of seed which is perishable, but from that which is imperishable and immortal, that is, through the living and everlasting word of God. Verse 24 goes on to say, For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the like the flower of grass, The grass withers and the flower falls off. Some versions say the flower fades. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word, the good news of salvation, which was preached to you. So let's break down some things here. Let's break all of this down just a little bit more. If you're living in sin, confront it. Psalms 139, 23-24, I recently had this in a message. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Test me 
and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Confront your sin. If you're living in sin, confess it. 1 John 1.9 says, If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness or wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and his purpose. 1 John 5.8 uh, starts a particular passage with this verse saying, This is the message of God's promised revelation which we have heard from him now announced to you that God is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness. And in him, there is no darkness at all, no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in the darkness of sin, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we really walk in the light, that is, live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God. As he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. He with us and we with him. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin by erasing the stain of sin, keeping us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. If we say we have no sin, refusing to admit that we are sinners, we delude ourselves and the truth is not in us. His word does not live in our hearts. Listen, if you're living in sin, repentance is necessary. Don't wait. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10 says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share of the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor perversely effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers. Those words are used as weapons to abuse, insult, humiliate, intimidate, or slander. Nor swindlers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. And such were some of you before you believed. But you were washed by the long atoning sacrifice of Christ. You were sanctified, set apart for God, and made holy. You were justified, declared free of guilt in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God, the source of the believer's new life and changed behavior. Listen, the, the source of life, the Holy Spirit changes us. It, it becomes our new covering. It, it cleanses us from all of these unrighteousnesses that were in our lives prior to us coming to know Christ. But once we come to know him, all of these things are cast away washed off of us, not to be practiced anymore. It simply says right in the beginning, the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. This message is not pointing towards any one group or particular sin. It's still sin, and we still need a Savior. It doesn't matter what it is. Love is not wrapped up in pride. It does not envy. It does not boast. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 8 says, Love endures with patience. And serenity, love is kind and thoughtful, and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked, nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth, when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes believes all things, looking for the best in each one, hopes all things, 
remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades. It never ends. But as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for the gift of special knowledge, it will pass away. But love endures forever. Love is one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread and living water. I love that. Jeremy had added that in, into his message. Love is one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread and water. What, what a powerful thought that, that true love is, is someone who's been lost telling someone else who is lost how to find their way. That is such a that is such a powerful, impactful, just a simple phrase right there. Love is one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread and living water. Man, that's good. That is powerful. That's refrigerator stuff right there. This is where the living water flows from. Revelation chapter twenty one verse nine through eleven, and then we'll skip down to verse twenty two through twenty seven. Says this. Revelation twenty one starting with verse nine. This is John's vision. John, this is John. Um, he's, he's in a trance, in a vision, whatever you want to call that. And he's being shown things by the angel of the Lord. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven final plagues came and spoke to me saying, Come here, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a vast and lofty mountain. And he showed me the holy sanctified city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having God's glory filled with his radiant light. The brilliance of it resembled a rare and very precious jewel like jasper shining in clear as crystal. Verse 12 through 21 give a very detailed description of the city and its beauty and its magnificence as well as its measurements. For the sake of time, I've kind of left that out of this of this little study tonight, but I would encourage you to go look at Revelations chapter 21 and, and take in all of it that describes what this new heaven coming down out of, of, of heaven looks like. Verse 22 goes on to say, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty, the Omnipotent, the Ruler of all, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need for the sun nor of the moon to give light. For the glory, the splendor, the radiance of God has illuminated it, and the Lamb is its lamp and light. The nations, the redeemed people from the earth, will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring into it their glory by day, for there will be no night there. If Its gates will be never be closed in fear of evil, and they will bring the glory, splendor, and majesty, and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing that defiles or profanes or is unwashed will ever enter it, nor anyone who practices abominations, detestable, morally repugnant things, and lying, but only those will be admitted whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. That's powerful. That is a that is this is where living water flows from. You want to know what that's phrase like like love is one beggar telling other beggars where to find bread and living water. This is the living water. This is where it flows from. It's, it's the very essence and presence and power of God, the Holy Spirit flowing out. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, The sun is the radiance and only expression of the glory of our awesome God, reflecting God's Shekinah glory, the light being the brilliant light of the divine, and the exact representation and perfect imprint of his Father's essence, and upholding and maintaining and propelling all things, the entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word 
carrying the universe along in its predetermined goal, when he himself, and no other, had, by offering himself on the cross as a sacrifice for sin, accomplished purification from sins, and established our freedom from guilt. He sat down, revealing his completed work, at the right hand of the majesty on high, revealing his divine authority. There's only one way. I posted a photo uh, the other day on my storyline on social media. and it, it, was a, it was a photo of, of a night shot. It was a one-way street sign. But, but the caption of the picture was taken so beautifully because it captured the one-way sign on one side of a highway, but that one-way sign was pointing to an illuminated cross on the other side of the highway. There is only one way. John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There is still only one way, and it's through Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're hearing this message today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, maybe you're not walking where you should be. Maybe you've allowed sin to creep back in. Maybe you've fallen. Maybe you've found yourself on the outside looking in once again. I'm telling you tonight, the only way to handle that is through repentance. Falling on your face before a holy God, crying out to him in recognition of my sin, recognition of my downfall, saying, Lord, forgive me. Take me back into your presence. If you've never been in his presence, if you've never had an encounter with God, tonight's your night. All you've got to do is surrender. All you've got to do is say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need you in my life. There's a void in me that I can't seem to find anything to fill. And it's because there's a Jesus-shaped hole in my heart. I'm looking for you tonight, Jesus. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. Enter my heart tonight. Cleanse me from all this unrighteousness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might be the man or woman of God whom you've called me to be for such a time as this. In Jesus' name. It's, it's really not that complicated. It's, that simple. It's, it's, it's just simplicity. All we have to do is recognize our sin. Call out to a holy God who is faithful and just to forgive us our sin when we cry out to him. And when you do, Get in his word. Find a, a, a fire-breathing church. Listen to his word. Read his word. Spend time in communication with him. Talk with the Lord. It, you don't have to have any conjured up prayers. Just talk to him like I'm talking to you right now. You heard the prayer I just said. Let it come out of your mouth. Find yourself speaking with Jesus. I had the privilege one night of a, of a man that I've known for many, many years. And... <laughs> We had spent some time on the phone. We talked about forgiveness. We talked about some things that he was really struggling with. And it was odd that he, he called me. I was actually away working. at a. I was staying in a hotel. I was doing hell work in another state. And, and the man called me. He was driving a semi. And he was struggling. He was struggling with some things that had happened in the past. And, 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 and he knew who I was. He knew I was a believer. And we had been friends for years. And he called on me and asked me about, what do I do about this? How do I accomplish forgiveness? How do I, how do I find myself at a place where I can actually forgive someone who I feel like wronged me because it's eating me up? And we had this long conversation, and we talked for a long time over that. And you know, we, we, I, I told him, I said, "Man, I'm here anytime you need me." It wasn't very long, and he called me again. He said, "I got to tell you, I was having problems with my hips driving a truck, and I, I went to get it checked out, and they've thrown me in the hospital. I've got cancer. They say I'm not going to make it." He was ate up with a bone cancer 
Uh, matter of fact, they didn't even want him to walk because he was afraid his, his, his legs would break. He was so ate up. I led that man to the Lord via text messaging. He had a room full of family, but he texted me saying, I, I got to know my heart's right. And I just began to text him back and forth. And I, I texted him words and I told him, when, when that room clears tonight, speak these words out loud and allow Jesus into your heart. He, he texted me. At, I don't even know what time it was. It was late in the middle of the night. And, and he was shouting in his text. It was so cool because he was, he was shouting my name and he simply said, I did it. I did it. I've given my life to Christ. My friend died. And I think what an opportunity that God gave me to speak into his life and to be a part of watching him come to a place of, of forgiveness in his spirit, a place of surrender that God forgave him of his sins. And I know that the night that he took his last breath on this earth, he took his first in heaven. And I know that's where he's at. And I know I'll see him again one day. What a beautiful story. It could be yours tonight. I'm not saying anything bad's going to happen to you. I'm simply saying our life is like a vapor. I've got a whole nother message set up over here that I want to share badly, but it's going to have to wait. But our time is short on this earth. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We have no idea what tomorrow will bring. We don't have any idea what the next hour will bring in our lives. Jesus is calling out to you tonight. He's searching for you tonight. What are you going to do? Don't let there be any confusion. Don't be dazed and confused. That's what I titled this message, Dazed and Confused. We, we have no reason to be confused. We have no reason to, to question anything about sin. We don't need to be confused about the truth. We don't need to be confused about unrighteousness because the Bible's very clear. There's only one way, and it's through the Son, Jesus Christ. Surrender your life to Him tonight and never look back. You'll, you'll never be the same again. Have an encounter with the Holy God tonight and watch Him change you forever. Amen. Wow. God bless you. Listen, if, if you make a decision in your life, I want to know. I want to hear. Not not so I can put some kind of a notch in my Bible. I don't do that. I don't take numbers. I don't count heads. I just want to rejoice with you. And I, and I want you to understand that I'm always here if you have questions. You, you need answers for things. Don't be confused and don't be deceived. I'll help you find a good Bible-believing, fire-breathing church. I'll I'll help you in any way I can. Resources, whatever it is. You need a Bible, I'll get you one. Contact us. Let us know what's going on in your life. Amen. God bless you. Ron and I love you. We're praying for you tonight. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers for this ministry. Much appreciated and much needed, I guarantee you. We're in a war, but we're going to win. Amen. We're fighting for the right side. God bless you guys. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.